Off Our Rockers is supported by Subars. Subars are a unique baked good that combines the crunch of biscotti with the sweetness of a cookie. They make gift giving easy and carefree. Subars has over 20 varieties and ships nationwide. Subars, making this crazy world a little bit sweeter, bite by bite. Order your first box today at SubarSweets.com. Tell me something. I was and I am a huge advocate for my kids and I know who they are. They're very open with me. We are very accepting in this home. And so for them and for me, it has been a little bit of an easier path because I'm not willing for my kids to be uncomfortable. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us at Off Our Rockers. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Jerry and I'm in Los Angeles. I'm Dana. I'm in San Diego. And it's Sue in San Francisco. Hey, everyone. You have a good week? Yeah, we. I do have a good week, although it was a little startling to hear that Mort Rockman, original rocker, had COVID. Well, I have to say, Mort looked COVID in the eye and said, not today. This is <laughs> not happening to me. He is doing well. He would call me every morning and he'd say, my temperature is fine. I'm asymptomatic and I have to stay home again. And then he feels testing positive. So when he called me on Friday, I said, how are you doing being, you know, at home quarantined? And he said, as the young people say, this shit gets old fast. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds to me like he's on vacation. He's watching sports all day. He's reading books. Jerry's coming over with meals. He has, he goes for walks around the neighborhood with his mask on. I think he's handling it very well. He is, but he's very specific about what groceries he wants. He wants six carrot carrot oranges, not five, not seven. They must be six carrot carrot oranges. You know, he knows what he wants. He doesn't want you to mess around at the store. But I, anyway, so when you're on the verge of turning 90, you have very specific demands that must be met by your daughters. (laughs) That is true. But that kind of was the big, that kind of took over my week, but I'm glad he's okay. But any other big news of the week for you too? Oh, my friend Bryn was here visiting. Oh, yes. It was so great. I know she um, had to come from Boston for some meetings that were related to what we spoke about on our last episode, which was the legislation that California is trying to pass. But I can tell our listeners what you did do was help move it out of assembly. Shout out to all our offer rockers who sent emails to their legislators to say, I mean, this is something that needs to get out of committee and voted on. And hopefully we will be banning supplements to young people in California. Maybe they were inspired by our last guest, Andrea Rothschild, about, you know, getting away from the sidelines and jumping into the fray. Uh, The other part of my week, Alan, every night we've been consumed with that show Yellowstone. Have you seen Yellowstone? You told us about it, but we haven't watched it. It's better than Ozark, I have to say. And friend of the pod, Marianne, and I are watching it. It's so, so good. I You have to watch it. You have to watch it. About this, uh, this life on the ranch in Montana where every day is a crisis. Every day someone's trying to steal your land or your cattle. But it's really, really good. But it reminded me, when we were kids, remember all the pen pals we had? I had a pen pal in Whitefish, Montana, which is a part of the show. But... Um, I think our teachers got us 
pen pals. It was so fun. Remember getting like a, a letter from, and I from another I was, state. Yeah. Another I think, state. I think it was like in second or third grade, they would have like a match with the school with another teacher somewhere and all the kids would get matched up. And it was those, I miss getting, I went through, I was going through some stuff and I found a box of old letters and um, it was so fun to read through these letters that were from like when I was in high school and college. And I could only imagine what I had written because of what they wrote back. And I, that was, I miss that. Do you remember, Sue, when you were in high school and you went to Australia for a year and you went to an elementary school and you came back with a big box of letters? Or no, I think you shipped back a box of letters and I brought them to my school, to my classroom, and then distributed them to my teacher, you know, the classes here. So you set up an exchange pen pal between Australia and Woodland Hills. I have no memory of doing that. That was a really nice thing that I did. What I do remember when I was in Australia, shout out to our dad, the original rocker, is he wrote to me almost every single day. What? What? I came home with hundreds of letters. I still have them. Every day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, almost in the airmail letters. Yeah, so those thin, yeah. So having kept keeping 365 of them is not that much because it's only. No, remember that airmail stationery? It was like origami. You had like folded. Yeah, it was. That's what it was. Yes, the thin one. And it was such a big deal. And I remember dad used to let me write little notes on the bottom of his letters to you, but I don't remember doing it every day. But I remember I used to get a line and then you used to call. From, from Australia, and then dad would make Jerry and I talk at the same time to you on different extensions. It's, it's long distance. <laughs> and we had to talk really fast, and we couldn't talk very long. <laughs> you remember when it used to be you you didn't have a dial of one? Remember? Yes. Like, yes. Do you remember that? Like, it was just, you would just dial, what was that? Before? Right, you just dial your friend's number. Yeah, you didn't have to dial the area code. Right. God, what year was that? We were we're so old. <laughs> I, I was I was talking with my my coworker, and she was saying something about age. And I said, I'm you know I'm going to be 58 in April, and she almost like, like I was as if, as if I had said I'm going to be 90. <laughs> so old, you're not old, but it is funny how we thought people that age were so old. But so, now it's so weird how your the outside doesn't match the inside. No, I thought Obdus was 40. I thought that was when I was over the hill, whatever that meant. (laughs) Are you watching the new Sex and the City and they're all in their 50s? Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it too. And they're like vibrant. I'm only 55. I haven't started that yet. I went back and started um, with Robin Boardwalk Empire and it's so good. So we're really hooked into that. And then I finished Yellow Jackets, which was, I cannot wait for season two of that. Dana, are you watching that? I haven't watched it yet. No, I have to say that was a so much fun. So that, much. Fun. Oh my, that was so great. And then um, Ozark is starting. It started Friday night, so um, that's a show that Maddox and I like. So we're very excited Ozark's to start good. watching we start, that. We, start, we watched that. Ozark's really good. And uh, the Daily Wordle is our other obsession. Oh, yeah. well, today's was hard. <laughs> I put it on Instagram. I put I put your Wordle on Instagram. <laughs> Well, we're still young at heart, my friends. We're yes, still- we are. It still feels like we're in high school sometimes, which is 
get to the point of what we're going to be talking about today. Let's go. We're so excited to have our very special guest today, Andrea Daniels, near and dear to my heart. My sister-in-law, we've met almost 30 years ago. We have gone through so much in our lives together and with Sue and with Dana, raising our kids. So many um, hot, big moments and little moments and births and deaths. We've been through it all. So we're thank you for coming on our podcast. And you are truly one of the off our rockers from, from back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> The best sister-in-law, sister-in-law. That's what I'll call you. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So you right now, you have two kids in college and your youngest is still in in high school. So you're right there with us, with Sue and Dana. How do you feel about this time of your life, this phase? Well, you know, I'm trying to figure that out. Before I had kids, I worked. I did large nonprofit organizational events. Then I had my kids and I became a stay-at-home mom, but I did the whole PTA booster uh, thing. And now I'm actually just trying to figure out what I can do for me. It's a way to show my kids that, you know, even though they're gone, my life still continues. I need to find something a little bit more than Mahjong. Although I hear you're the Mahjong queen. (laughs) I have to say, Andrea is the Mahjong shark. (laughs) I am. I don't want to be, but I am. So, so, you know, it feels a little, I feel a little lost, but I also feel a little hopeful that I can find something that really works with my niche, for lack of a better term. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Love it. Love it. We're right there with you. You and I talk a lot about how our kids have taken us to new places that we might not have gone before. So tell us about your new position and how that kind of came about. We're very proud of you. We are so thank you. So out here in the Conejo Valley at the Unified at the Unified School District, they have they have positions. They're trying to be more diverse and inclusive. So they've added an African-American advisory council and also an LGBTQ plus advisory council. And I threw my name into the hat. There had been a lot of opportunities in the past for a school site council meeting, you know, representative or PTA or other items, but none of them really touched me like the LGBTQ plus one. I do have two children that are in the community. I have a daughter who identifies as she, they. I have a son who identifies as he, they. Both both have very different paths, very different experiences, but a main theme amongst them is support, right? So as a parent, we support our kids but maybe they don't feel so supported at school or in the community. And so the hope is that this advisory council will kind of fill that bridge for those kids. So it's not just kids that have the support at home, but there's a lot of questions about how can we support those kids that don't have support at home? You know, how can we use their pronouns for them in school without it being seen in their cue or uh, when their parents log in to see their grades, you know, how can we protect them in ways that, that, that support them, right? So another thing that they talk about is, you know, you have your typical senior photo and you have two options. You have the suit with the jacket or you have the revealing drape, right? A lot of parents don't know that you can walk into the photography place and say, what do you have instead? It's not, it's not known. It's it. You, I was, I was, and I am a huge advocate 
for my kids. And I know who they are. They're very open with me. We are very accepting in this home. And so for them and for me, it has been a little bit of an easier path because I'm not willing for my kids to be uncomfortable. Good. So if my daughter wants to wear, she doesn't want to wear the suit because that's not how she identifies. And she doesn't want to wear the drape because that's not how she identifies. They had an option to wear a crew neck sweater. Perfect. Great. Mm -hmm. Right. Same with women in sports, you know, just recently with the Olympics, how the girls don't want to wear, the women don't want to wear revealing items. You know, it's no different. My daughter played lacrosse. They bought all the team Lululemon like booty shorts, literally like, you know, well, you know, like the old fashioned yeah. dolphin shorts, you know, how Lulu mm-hmm. makes them. And my daughter looked at me and I said, yeah, don't worry. We got this. And so I said, listen, I'm going to buy my daughter men's Lulu shorts. Okay. And you have a choice. She can play the sport for you or, and wear what she wants, or she just won't play. So that, you. that yeah. well, yeah, you really need to, it's things that we don't think about, right? It's things that we take for granted as cisgender females or males, right? We don't worry about what people are going to think of us, how comfortable we are in what we're wearing. If it, if, if you should dress like a female, you know, there's that perception, but that's not how it is. I must tell you, Andrea, as you're saying this, I'm getting very teary and (laughs) emotional because I've seen you on this journey back in the day in Carpinteria, which is it okay? What kind of bathing suit should she wear? Now you're on this advisory council for the, not just your school, but the whole school district. I mean, when they asked you to do that, when you found out you put your hat in the ring and you got it, what what were you thinking? (laughs) Well, well, first of all, I thought I blew the interview because, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Well, they ask you these questions and you have to, you're kind of on the spot. Like, like, what can you give back? What, what makes you qualified? Well, those are very simple, basic answers, right? I'm qualified because I have lived two LGBTQ kids in my home from a a very young, we knew, and I don't like to say that, but we, and I would never say that to my children, right? But we knew from a very young age that they weren't gender conforming. we didn't know what it was, right? Because to be honest, 10, 15 years ago, things have really changed. And back then, my daughter was really the only one with boy haircut, boy clothes, a superb athlete. So the girls didn't want to hang with her and the boys didn't want to hang with her. So it it, it was a trying time to say the least. But there's one thing that I always told my kids and that was the world can be a cruel place. I want you to know that no matter what, your home is a safe place. And I say that for them, for their kid, for their friends. You have somebody who doesn't feel accepted at home. They can come here and they will be accepted. Section of parents who are afraid. Mm. Out here in the Conejo Valley, there is a very strong, just like there is across the country, the whole school board situation. So our meetings are open. I'll be honest, I asked my child for permission before I applied because I am in a sense outing our family in some way, whether we are LGBTQ supportive, whether we have somebody in our family. And that was a concern. Um, but a lot of, a lot of people, they, it was answered, asked and answered many times in the coming up to the picking of who would be on the advisory council. But look, I was, when I got it, I, I was 
shocked. I was thrilled, but I was shocked. And then I was scared. You know, this is all new to me, especially at the district level. And to be honest, I hadn't, I've had to be an advocate for my child, but I think the trans population has it much more difficult than the LGBTQ population. And that is because of the misgendering, the unwillingness for a lot of school districts to not acknowledge or accept the sports issue, all of that. I I hate to say I had it easy, but I had it easier than, than some. So jumping in with two feet, I'm a little new to the community itself out here. And sitting at the meetings, there are some people, some parents who themselves are part of the community. There are some that have grew up with siblings. And so they're strong advocates because they grew up with siblings that are in the community. I understand that my role is as an advocate, as an ally. I, I will never be a part of that community in uh, any other role than that. And that is very different than being a part of it. And understanding that and respecting that is a, a lesson, you know. So I am excited. I, I actually not only am on the board, but somebody nominated me to be uh, vice chair. So, <laughs> so now... <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Oh my well, God. I know. But I have to say, Andrea, you know how you just, you know, you're an ally, but you'll never be part of the community. But I know from my very first gay pride march that I went to when I was, it was in New York and I was in college, the parents and friends of lesbians and gays contingent came by. And at that point, it wasn't a very big contingent like it is right. now. But everybody, they, I think they got more cheers and love and anything than anybody because so many people were like oh my god if only my parent I could tell my parent I was gay let alone have them be marching in a contingent I mean it was just and it's it's the same you know like the those seeing that contingent still it just makes me like oh my god this is just it's a whole it's a whole other level of support when you get that from your family and it's so meaningful yeah yeah Yeah. I I don't mean to say you know I, I just mean like for me my kids' trials and tribulations, I mean, I may be able to understand them because I'm a Jewish female and growing up Jewish, I'm sure there was a lot of anti-Semitism, which is very similar, right? You're different, but the same. And so therefore, I mean it in that in that way. Mm-hmm. I can't really ever understand how they feel about certain things. I can only empathize mm-hmm. with them. Does your school district have policies around not like gender neutral bathrooms? Like do all the schools have those? Are you trying to get those? And what do you do? Like, how do you protect a child who wants to go by different pronouns at school, but has to go by different pronouns at home? How do you, wh- how do you protect them so that their parents don't see that or know that if they can't tell them? That is what this advisory council is about. It's about trying to work together to figure those things out so that we can best support those kids, so that we can protect them. Maybe what they do is they don't put it on. We have something called Zangle, which is where everybody goes to see their demographics, their classes, their grades, their GPA, et cetera. It's like it's your kid's entire file minus the bad stuff. And Maybe what they do is they don't put it in there, but they communicate to the teacher in other ways, whether it is a meeting with the teacher or, and again, we haven't sorted this out yet. Maybe it's via email. Maybe it's just the child saying, these are my pronouns. This is what I go by. Please use those and understand. Maybe that is facilitated with their counselor or what's even better is all three high schools this year just came up with a wellness center. So the school 
has them at every single location. It's great. The kids can go at any time if they are feeling stressed or anxious or having panic attacks. And it's not their school counselor, right? Who's dealing with the academic aspect. All she is there for is to listen. And they say that usage is up like 400% at all the schools. It is so used. These kids really really do need that, especially with COVID, but getting back into the swing of things has been difficult for a lot. So there is that, and maybe maybe that person can help facilitate with the teacher, right? Because it's a neutral party. But again, those are all the things that we're working on. We're not really there to talk about curriculum, although there is talk about how can we how can we find out what we're doing is having a positive effect on the LGBT community. There are certain uh, entrance and exit questionnaires that the kids fill out that are anonymous? Are we doing our jobs? What metrics can we use that we are having a positive impact? So we're talking about that. Our high school just built brand new, a brand new science building, and they have all gender neutral bathrooms. So that's really great. As for on campus, I, I honestly don't know with COVID last year, even though my son is a sophomore, I have to ask him, to be honest, it, it hasn't really come up for him. But I know that anything that they do going forward, they're working on being more inclusive. Like our our district just did a inclusivity week and it's for all. The district is making an effort. They have a, they have a, a school board that is very proactive with this and very supportive of it. We have not always had that in the past. We have had board members that think that the plus stands for, we don't need to say it, but board members that feel that way, you know, those were scary times and makes me want to do this even more. Can I ask you a question? I was hearing more about how schools across the country are from elementary through high school are changing their sex education curriculum to be more inclusive. Is that something you've been working on? Because it's always been taught in such a heteronormative way. Yes. So yes, yes, there is. Um, Actually, uh, the woman who kind of got this advisory council going has a trans daughter who's in kindergarten. And she's very vocal in the community. She takes a lot of heat for that. She she's on Facebook and writes beautifully about her children. She has two daughters and she is very knowledgeable. Uh, She's very educated in the subject as she's had to be. She is really pushing for the curriculum because she says, my child will not identify with, boom. And so they're working on doing it where everybody watches it rather than, you, you know, it's very common to separate boys and girls, you know, I'll use the quote. And so there is now talk about it being, again, inclusive, you know, and how best can we do that? And how can we make them not feel in the discussion, not included? And, you know, it's something that needs to be navigated and we're just starting it, you know, so hopefully by the time this young girl reaches, you know, fifth grade or third grade or fourth, I don't remember what, but hopefully by the time she reaches the age or the grade where that needs to be done, we'll have that sorted out. Uh, and it will be part of the curriculum. I know that, believe it or not, I got an email from a teacher asking me if I would come speak for his health class. <laughs> Please, <Yay>! oh, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, 
So I responded, I'm not sure what this entails, but I'm happy to talk about it. And I haven't heard back from him. So <laughs> we'll see if maybe I scared him off. Um, you know, I, I, so there's, so my assumption is because I'm the LGBTQ plus advisory council representative for the school. He wants me to come and talk about those topics is what I would think uh, would it, it would be for the class. So We'll see how that goes. And I may be calling both of you quite a bit to find out. <laughs> I have another question um, about the use of pronouns in mm-hmm. school. And I remember your son telling me, maybe it's a year ago at Thanksgiving, that he felt so safe when a teacher would introduce themselves on the first day and say, I'm Mrs. So-and-so and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Is yes. that something that's becoming something that teachers use in their email signatures or is that moving along? So, so Yes. What he said was it was his science teachers, which I thought was very interesting. With that said, I'll use the flags as an example. Can I use that? So there was National Coming Out Day recently. And at one of the high schools, the kids brought their flags and adorned them and whatnot. And the next day, three flags were brought to school. One was the Trump flag, one was the American flag, and one was the Confederate flag. And the LGBT community actually reported it because they felt that just not that they had those flags, but where it fell in the, where it fell in the timing of everything, right? It was national coming out day on Tuesday and on Wednesday, they had those flags and were waving them around the school. It has gone as far as the district and there is, you know, there, there are they're talking to their attorneys. They have to really, yes, it's, it, it's, so there was talk about flags and whether or not they're allowed in the classroom and there is no rule that it can't be, but, you know, we have to understand that although many of us perceive the LGBTQ flag as a sign that we accept everyone, some people find it's a detriment to their children's learning. And we, unfortunately, as a school district have to realize that there's two sides. So We haven't even gotten into the she, her, he, they, they, them pronoun concerns. It's something that I think is important because of the comment from my own child. But then the question is, are we, and I don't, this isn't my belief, but there, we have to realize that there's a belief that that could be thought of as offensive or threatening. And so navigating that is difficult. And these are, again, these are the reasons why it's so important that we have this advisory council to kind of work through these things and and these concerns and figure out how to navigate them. It makes me think of the ACLU. <laughs> you know, once you believe in freedom of speech and the First Amendment, that can take you to places that you are really uncomfortable conversations. You know, I don't want to see that and but I want to have the right to say what I want to say. Right. So it's... I admire you for doing that work. That is and there's hard. A lot, and there's a lot of pushback from the community. You know, we have people that come from outside our district to come to our school board meetings to rant, yell, rave. They're, they're part of a group that is, wants religion in the school and doesn't feel that we should be teaching our kids any of these things. And they want to ban the books. And they, and so it's a, I, I, I am shocked that I am living in a community where this is happening. I never imagined when I moved out here 20 years ago that it was 
like this, that it was this contentious of a community. I just wasn't expecting it. But I think also the Republicans have found the school boards to be the new place to get in at the ground floor to make yes. change. And I, you know, I listened to these podcasts about it's happening all over the country. It, it is. And it's a little scary. I don't begrudge anybody for wanting to teach their kids their way. But we are a public school. You know, that we talk about a separation of church and state, right? I mean, I remember my daughter was a freshman and uh, the girls were doing prayer circle. And I'm like, okay, listen. The freshman at, at, at high school or college? Uh-huh, at high school. They're doing prayer service in your high school? Prayer circle. Like for circle. before a game. Yeah, like before a game. The girls oh. like, can we do... Right. And again, I don't mind if you want to say a prayer for yourself, but we're not a religious school. It shouldn't be allowed. Now, the coach was obviously Christian or Catholic and was fine with that. But did I make a big sink of it? No. Did I want to? Yes. But, you know. Did you go into the circle and say, Baruch I said to my daughter, you and the other Jew on the team, you say the Baruch Like that, you, know, you, know, you know the prayer, you say the Baruch Wait, um, I have to say, I so admire you for staying calm through those meetings and, and how you are, how you acknowledge that, that, that people believe their side to be as important to them as we do. But uh, do you have you ever felt unsafe at those meetings or you know what right now we are all zoom i haven't got everything is zoom right now nobody's meeting in person and a big part of the reason why they're not meeting in person is and i don't want to get i don't want to get political about this but those that I'll just say those that don't believe in masks won't wear them so oh. now the school board mm-hmm. is all masked up and they don't feel safe and I will go so far as to say they all comment that they all wear masks because the school board themselves, the members are on site together. And there's five or six of them and a student and a secretary. So maybe there's 10 in the room. They all mask up and everybody's mad that they mask up. It's like, right. It is so contentious out here. I cannot even begin to tell you. It is. I'm, it's shocking. Really, it's, I mean, we live in Southern California, so I haven't had, and I've had this conversation. I'm, you all know me. I'm very emotional. I could tear up like the drop of a hat. And I really need to uh, teach myself that when these comments come, that we have to stay calm. Like I said, just last week at the school board meeting, somebody from the, I'll say Republican far right. I don't like to use those political terms. Um, but I don't know what else to call them at this point. Stand up. And it is it is repetitive that they talk about the plus in LGBTQ and they say it repeatedly as if by saying it, it's going to make it true. And we know it's not true. Right. We know I, I, that. I don't you mean the plus? Uh, they all say it stands for pedophile and they stand up and board me. Oh, you haven't heard that. No, no. They oh, my all- God. I can send you the transcript that they stand oh up. that is what they say the plus stands for. So to say that we have a lot of work ahead of us is an understatement because this is what's happening in our school district. I think you've rendered both me and Jerry silent. I think you're our first guest to do that. <laughs> I know. That makes you want to cry. I, I know. I know. Well, I don't know. My, I feel my face get red. I feel my body tense up. My eyes start to water because I can scream at the top of my lungs as much as I want that you have no idea what you're talking about. It won't matter. They won't listen. There's no listening anymore. Wow. You really yeah. shocked me. Yeah. Well, we, we, you and I also talk about that for uh, LGBTQIA kids in high school, things do get better. And so I think your daughter is an example of that. <laughs> if you would tell us a little bit about her experience 
at, in college, and I'm just so ha- proud of her and happy. Share as much or as little as you would like. Out here, my I will. I'll start with high school. Out here, my daughter never felt really accepted. Both my kids were out to. I hate to use that term. Uh, were let me use the right term. Knew who they were at a very young age. Okay. And my son told me in eighth grade, my daughter told me in ninth grade, but nobody else around them knew who they were. Uh, So there was a lot of not being accepted and a lot of some me being in the school saying, I am a supporter. I do not tolerate homophobic people at all. And let's be very clear on that. And so she went, she picked a college who uh, that was more on the liberal side, right? A state school. And a lot of the campuses tend to be, um, but it's very, it was very important that that school was. I, I had seen a lot of through FaceTime, you know, uh, or Zoom, a lot of the people had she, her, they, that, you know, so I, you know, as a parent, I knew that that was a safe school for my child, right? So we talk about the pronouns. So she goes to school. Uh, so the first semester is she's at home, uh, but she does do rush. She decides she's going to rush a sorority. We said, you know what? Try it. See how it goes. You don't have to finish the process, but if you do, you might find some people that you are comfortable with. So she does the rush. She gets her first choice. It's the sorority she wants. She's so excited. She connects with some girls there. She goes up to campus the following semester, which was a great way because it was a little bit smaller. She got a chance to meet some girls that lived in the house and kind of familiarize herself with the campus and the sorority and everything before it became 20,000 kids, right? And uh, so now she's living in the house and she texts me and she's like, mom, they made me house manager. She goes, they, they said, if you need anything, you go to Jordan, right? That's a big thing. And um, so we know that Rush is coming and we know how Rush is, right? They give you the, what's that little book called? The, you know, okay. It's, it's like, it's like slides of what you're supposed to wear. And it's oh. a white, it's a white skirt or a pink skirt. And it's a pink shirt or a pink dress. It's a black dress. It's a burgundy dress. It's dress, 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 dress. And my daughter does not wear dresses, but she tries and uh, she gets herself a tennis skirt and she thinks she looks great and she loves it. And she gets, and she buys herself like a button down shirt, but to wear like as a dress. And she thinks, okay, this is great. And that's her black outfit. And the one outfit she picks uh, for the burgundy is we buy her a burgundy suit. And so she winds up wearing the pants with the vest. She doesn't wear the jacket. It's a little too big or whatnot. And so she goes to, she, she has to show everybody what she's wearing and she can't get the skirt on. She puts the skirt on and she's like, mom, you got to find me white shorts. I, I, I can't do this. I go, Jordan, I go, you should, I go, I, I knew, you know, you know, your child. And she tried. And at the end of the day, she wore shorts the whole time. She had she, them pronouns. She said to them, listen, anybody who identifies and her, not every sorority did that. Her sorority did that. She said, anybody who identifies any differently than their gender norm uh, pronouns, please send them to me. She, she wore shorts. She got permission. They said, you be comfortable. You be you. They got a little pride flag that they put in the bookcase. She's texting me all this, you know, and she's so excited and it's exclamation points and it's happy faces and it's smiles. And it's, she had said to me through the process, you know, they have to talk to different girls and every girl that talked to somebody, she said to me, they all said, you have to talk to Jordan. If you talk to Jordan and you get along with Jordan, this is the place for you. And I know, and and you can only imagine. And so 
you know, and a lot of times for these kids, it's not that people don't accept them. They have a hard time accepting themselves, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and, and although my daughter knows that she is loved by, by her family, her extended family as well, which is so important. She has a hard time accepting that she is different, you know, in whatever way that is, whatever way she feels that is. So this semester comes around and now they've nominated her for the diversity to be the diversity chair for the sorority. So it's between her and a, and a, I hope I'm saying this right again, learning a person of color and she wins. And so she goes to another, uh, an older officer in the house and says, I don't think it's right that we have two people that are considered part of that minority and only one of us is represented. Represented. I think that we should both share the position so that we both have representation. And they're like, yeah, that sounds oh, good. Right? Oh, oh, shout out to Jordan. Oh my God. That is so awesome. So awesome. Oh. So then of course she texts me and she says, mom, they want me to be president my senior year, <laughs> which of course sends her over the edge because she's, you know, the 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 overwhelming, the stress, the school, the living in the house, the being responsible. And so I responded, you know, it's hard for me to not say, oh my God, that's so great. You know, I said, you know, John, I know that might not be something you, that you want, but so great that yeah, to yeah. be considered and to be thought of in that way. And she goes, I know, but I'm actually thinking about it. And I'm like, I just laughed. Ha ha ha. You know, good for her. You know, good mm-hmm. for her. You know, I don't. And, and, I don't... and good for the sorority and good for, good for her friends sorority. and good mm-hmm. for that college for being such a safe space and for being trendsetters and for yes. changing the way things, yes. you know, we don't have to keep doing the things the way we've always done it. There's time for change and room for yeah. change. And Jordan is a pioneer. I'm so proud yes. of her. I am mm-hmm. so yeah out of her. Same. Me too. Same. Me too. Yeah. She's really, um, she's really found, a. Pr- I mean, it does get, it does get better. I know we keep saying that if you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and realize that once you leave your small little communities, that you find people who accept you, whether they are part of the LGBT community or not, it, it becomes about who you are, all of you, not just part of you. You are a wonderful role model. I'm so proud that you are my sister-in-law. And I can't wait to see you on Thursday for dinner. (laughs) Hey, everyone. It's Sue. Thanks so much for joining us today. And we hope that over the next two weeks, you'll take some time to bop into Trader Joe's and pick up some unexpected cheddar because we want you to join us on a cheese tasting on Valentine's Day with our special guest, Janae Muha, a cheesemonger who's going to be telling us all about what it's like to fall in love with cheese. So see you then. Tell me something. Send you